Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on the Real Estate Podcast. I'm Todd Sumney, the Chief Industry Officer for HomeSmart. And I'm Rich LaRue, Vice President of Corporate Brokerages for the Western Region for HomeSmart and the designated broker uh, for the Phoenix market. And we have two very special guests on today's podcast, and I have a prediction that this is going to be one of our top two podcasts of the year because uh, of the topic that we are going to talk about. And I am joined today by Carol Perry, our Chief Business Development Officer at HomeSmart, who has been with the company since way back when and seen it grow, grow, grow. And we've also uh, all known Carol throughout the industry for many years. Um, Carol, welcome to the Real Estate Podcast. Thanks for having me. And we also are joined by JP Dada of Vantage IRAs. And uh, JP has a, a storied resume as well, but we'll kind of get to JP in a minute. I want to kind of start with a story today, the story of a real estate professional taking control of their own investments and, um, and and executing the topics and the tactics that we're going to talk about today. So, Carol, would you like to tell us a little bit about your story and today's topic about taking control of your own investments? Thanks, Todd. I would love to tell the story. I'm excited to be here today. You and I have been speaking about this for way too long. And uh, so my story goes like this. When I was in college, I'm totally going to date myself here. But when I was in college, I always worked in the real estate industry. I started working in commercial real estate while I was a college student. In college, I worked for a company that was introducing 401k and a company match. And so I said to my dad, hey, should I do this? And he said, yes, absolutely. You need to do, you know, invest in that and, and put as much money as you can in there every month, every paycheck, et cetera. So I did, I started with $50 every paycheck to see if I would notice it. I didn't notice it. So I was like, okay, I can do this. So I did it for many, many years. And the reason why I'm telling you this is 20 years later, or however many years it was, uh, I watched in 2007, 2009, what I thought was my nest egg really tumble and was all but depleted. And I was so upset about it. I felt like I'd lost control. I didn't know enough about the stock market and I was frustrated, uh, so to speak. And that's when I stumbled upon JP and JP Dada, who, uh, who t I went to a couple of workshops and he told me all about self-directed IRAs and how I could invest in real estate, which I've been in real estate for rich 40 years, just like Rich LaRue, though not at a brokerage until I came to HomeSmart. And, but I knew the real estate industry pretty darn well. And so for me, it was like, gosh, this makes so much sense. I should be investing my money in real estate, what I had left of it, because there wasn't a whole lot left at that point. And everybody kept saying, oh, stick it out with your 401k. Historically, it goes back up. And I'm like, yeah, but historically, I still have no control over it. And so I, <laughs> I thought, you know, I'm going to give this a whirl. And I did. I've never looked back. I buy real estate through my uh, through my self-directed IRA. Um, I own quite a few properties now. It is now my egg. I feel so much more secure because it's an industry I know. I do some other investing through my self-directed IRA as well. But the real estate 
the properties I own, that I rent, the cash flow, I feel so much more secure with. I've got this asset, this physical thing that I can go visit and I know all about it and I know the neighborhoods and all that. So for me, it's been uh, a win-win all around. Um, I started investing and, and moved over to the self-directed self IRA in 2009. So it's been 14 years of me doing this and rebuilding my wealth and never have looked back. And I've told you for many years, Todd, time to get in the game. And so I'm so excited to hear that you're interested and so excited to see that you're going to make a move here. That's why we're doing the podcast. So I want to dig in a little deeper. I don't mean to pry, but real quick. Okay, so now this is rolled into multiple properties, correct? Correct. And some of those properties are even paid off, free and clear, cash flowing. Is that correct? Yes. And what that means is, is that instead of a stock like growing, um, the property is growing in value. So one of the key things for me is, you know, a stock, okay, a stock grows. Well, real estate, real estate grows. We see home price appreciation. But then on top of it, it's like cash flowing. So it's almost like somebody else is paying in to the IRA for you with cash flow from rent. My rental income is my cash flow for sure. And uh, the icing on the cake is the fact that those properties have increased in value, obviously, over the years. And so, yeah, and all of it goes back in. I don't touch that money. It goes straight back into my self-directed IRA. It's cash flowing, yes, but the cash goes right back into the self-directed IRA so I can buy more properties. So it's a way of disciplining yourself, really. And, um, you know, I learned early on, thankfully, both through my parents and then when I had my kids, um, all about being disciplined about your income and what to do and how to set money aside for certain things. And this just, it just played right into what I already knew. And, and JP just like this light bulb went off when he spoke and I was like, holy cow, this is what I've been looking for all along. I can finally feel like I'm in control. Right. I love that. And, um, uh, you know, from the data that I see, I would venture to say that from what I've seen, your real estate self-directed IRA investments have probably outperformed the stock market. Oh, from- by far. Right. I, I mean, it's not even a, there's, there is literally no comparison. Right. The, the property values alone, yes. And then all this money that I'm bringing in, the, the cash flow, the income that I'm bringing in that's going back into the IRA, so that self-directed IRA, so I can then again buy another piece of real estate, which is right. what I do. Anytime I have, JP will tell you, anytime I have any money in there, it's okay, what am I buying now? So, uh, and again, it's so much different because you have that, um, you know, that asset that you can see, touch, feel, you know all about it, you know the industry, real estate, and, and Remember, I just didn't I didn't get my real estate license till quite recently, and I have not used it to buy and sell real estate anyway. I still have somebody who a couple of different agents who will uh, send me profiles of what I'm looking for and uh, send me properties that match the profile I'm looking for. And that's how I purchase. So uh, I know what I need. I know what I want my minimum cash flow to be. I know the property, the profile that I want. And uh, and I just stay on that course. So. Love that. Well, thank you for being, I guess, a little personal and open with us, but I love the story. And yes, um, Carol's talked to me about this for years and I was trying to pull it all together. And then the stock market just kind of went way down. 
it's now kind of returned back up to where it was. I still think if I would have done it anyway, even though it was down, I would have made out better. My problem is I just delayed it. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what to do, which is why Rich and I are both so excited about today's episode. And Carol, thank you for pushing us. JP, thank you for you know being here today. Uh, your time is very valuable. We're going to dig into real quick. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen for those that are uh, uh, while you're while you're sharing your screen. I want to jump in here because I am. I've been so excited to do this podcast for weeks, and we had a scheduling hiccup where. I wasn't going to be available for this, and we rescheduled that. So here we are. Um, I am absolutely thrilled. Carol and JP, you're sharing something here that is not theory. All right, we have a 14-year track record. All right, this is this is where the rubber meets the road, uh, uh, and and so uh, I'm I'm excited about this. Um, uh, and uh, Todd. Uh, it's going to be a race to see who gets our self-directed IRA open first. I love it. We got a challenge going. We we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> and, and yeah, to give a little outline structure to what we're going to talk about today, we're going to dig in real quick to uh, what is an IRA. Then we're going to our self-directed IRA, and um, then we're going to dig into like what's the ideal structure, how to get started, how to get it set up, and then we're going to talk at the end a little bit about. Now, after you've experienced this for yourself, could you potentially start to do this with some of your clients? And, you know, uh, you're a real estate professional. Could you help your clients have the same success that you're having? And um, so that's the third, you know, the third or the fourth area that we'll dig into. But without any further ado, JP's been sitting there. You know, I uh, would like to introduce everyone to uh, JP Dada the founder and CEO of Vantage IRAs. You can find them at vantageiras.com if you want to get some info while you're listening here. But let's dig in real quick to, um, you know, JP, what is a self-directed IRA? So before I get started answering your question about what is a self-directed IRA, I want to piggyback a little bit on what Carol shared with her story, because I feel like in order to personalize a little bit of this information. You know, most people hear about a self-directed IRA and all the things that you can do, and they're they're kind of scratching their head. They're kind of like, wait a second, what 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 can I do? I can buy real estate. I can do other things. Like I have never heard about this. I've been told I can't do these things. So it helps to kind of go back. You know, she mentioned how when she started working, you know, that there was the 401k was introduced and she went and talked to her dad and she wanted to do the right thing and start money, you know, saving money for her future. And that is what 70% of Americans have done uh, throughout uh, the, the history of ever since retirement accounts were established by the government. So 70% of Americans have some form of retirement account. Um, one, I would say four out of 10 households have an IRA. So all of us are trying to do what we're supposed to do to save money for our future. And when the government created these accounts, um, you know, they allowed us to do all kinds of different investing. The challenge was that when they created these accounts, they said, you know, the government said, there has to be a custodian. This is the formal term. There has to be a custodian that's going to receive these contributions from the savers. And we're going to be able to regulate these custodians and uh, make sure that they're keeping proper records of people's retirement savings, et cetera. So as you can imagine, back in 1974, what ended up happening was a lot of, you know, most custodians that, you know, 
applied and were approved to do this work were banks and trust companies. And so, you know, they created these accounts, they set up the business to re receive people's money. And ultimately all that happened is you would go in, uh, back then it was $1,000 was the annual contribution limit, if you can imagine. So you would put $1,000 in and then your banker uh, or the financial institution that was uh, that you set up the account with would say, well, would you like a CD? Can I offer you, uh, you know, an investment of some sort? So you really have to understand the difference between what the government allows us to do with these accounts based on the rules and regulations and what the companies that have been uh, approved to be custodians allow their clients to invest in. As you can imagine, 99% of the, but probably more, 99.9% .9 of the custodians in this country are traditional custodians that are in the stock market business. So they really have no, um, they really have no reason or they have no financial benefit to inform uh, their customers that they can do other things that, that you know, they can invest in things that, that they don't actually sell. Uh, they, you know, they're looking to gather all of our money, right? And, and right, and and actually, if they would inform someone about this, in a sense, they're losing business in a way because you would have to go to a different type of type of custodian. So that's what I really wanted to talk about, right? right. You know, the term self-directed was is really nothing more than a marketing term that our industry placed on in front of the word IRA, simply to let clients know or customers know and account holders who's in control of the decisions with the investment choices that they select. Okay. And since most companies that are in this industry are in the stock market uh, product selling business, right? We buy mutual funds, ETFs, stocks, bonds, et cetera. You know, other custodians like Vantage, right? Uh, we are what are, is known as alternative asset custodians, right? And our business was set up where we don't give advice to our clients, right? We don't sell any kind of investment products. So we have no, we're not enticed to, you know, only tell you, you know, that you can only invest in alternative assets, right? Because we don't financially benefit from, you know, selling those investments or giving advice on those types of investment strategies. So, what is a self-directed IRA? A self-directed IRA is simply an IRA, a retirement account that allows you to invest your savings outside of the stock market. I mean, that is the definition. It allows people to, of course, have control. Um, but because it's really nothing more than a marketing service, it's not a specific type of account that's different from a Roth or a traditional or a simple. You can have a self-directed traditional IRA, you can have a self-directed Roth IRA. You can have a self-directed SEP IRA. You can have a self-directed 401k. So any retirement account that exists can be quote-unquote self-directed and can be utilized to invest not just in the stock market, but practically anywhere else you'd like to make money in, okay? any other strategy. So real estate, of course, being the largest asset class that clients tend to uh, invest in. With a self-directed IRA, I would say about 80% of uh, of the assets that we custody and administer. We, we're currently at about a little over $3 billion of assets under custody. About 80% of those dollars are invested in some form of real estate-based uh, strategy, okay? So, you know, when we talk about self-directed, I don't want people to think, oh, this is a brand new type of account that has all these different rules, okay? 
same contribution limit, same distribution, same tax, same tax deferrals, everything exactly the same as the accounts that you probably have, except for the investment choices that you're able to choose from. So what's ironic is, you know, our industry, the alternative asset custodial uh, industry, self-directed IRA business, we, you know, since we don't sell any products and don't give advice, um, you know, we are just basically making people aware of the other choices that they have. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't really care if you buy real estate or if you lend somebody money or if you invest in a private company. We're just out creating awareness because so many people have been misinformed. You know, I'll give you some statistics. J JP, real quick, be, uh, before you talk those statistics, you know, that goes back to Carol's story, though, a little bit where I know people told Carol, no, you can't do it. Um, or when you talk to, you know, sometimes you'll talk to your custodian and they'll kind of, I'm not going to say always, sometimes they might say, no, you can't do it. What they're meaning is you can't do it with us, right. but you can do it with someone else. And then that causes people to stop. And, um, you know, that wasn't my reason for stopping part of the process before. Now I'm getting back into it. But, um, but you know, that's something for everybody to be aware of is that, Carol, I don't know if you want to comment on that. I'm sure you were told no, right? I was told no many times. You can't do it. And JP knows because it didn't, it didn't happen overnight for me. I did go to one workshop that I talked to JP individually. Then I went to another workshop. I had different advisors telling me it can't be done. Uh, and then I started doing my own homework, spent some more time with some of some folks that are very knowledgeable in the business, not just JP and realized, you know what, I'm going to give this a whirl because goes back to that control thing. Um, I really wanted to take control of my own assets. And for me, this was the way to do it. And I thought, you know what, I, why not give it a try? And if I made a mistake, guess what? You learn a lot from your mistakes. And uh, But I want to give it a try and see how it works. And I literally, uh, Rich is right, in 14 years, I've never looked back. In fact, I say time and time again, wow, if, so, if they would just go open up a self-directed IRA, their life would be so much better. So, and, and there is no one better than JP and his team. They just do an amazing job. So it's been, they have been very encouraging. You're right. He, he said he doesn't, he doesn't give investment advice. And sometimes that frustrates me, but I know exactly why he doesn't. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it took me some time. You have to do your homework. You'll get that level of comfort and say, you know what, I'm going to try it out. Let's see how it goes. So. You know, I have a question for you. You mentioned making a mistake, and I want to lead you just a little bit here because we haven't ever talked about this before. But what would a mistake look like 14 years ago when you started this? What would a mistake have looked like maybe a year or two down the road? Oh, well, for me, I had not been investing in real estate. So I was so worried that I would buy a piece of property that I lost my tail in, you know, so that sure. was my biggest fear was actually not, not what I was doing with the self-directed IRA itself. It was really what, what asset am I going to buy? And is that asset going to be something that's going to number one, have a great return on investment. Number two, increase in, in, in value and uh, not cost me a lot of money to make it 
you know, to get it to that point. So that was my biggest fear. Well, the mistake that I thought I might make was I bought some property that was a, 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 you know, needed a ton of work in it and and, and uh, wasn't going to cash flow like I had hoped. And and really, I've been very selective and very picky in my properties and found the ones that make a lot of sense. And uh, and like I said, never look back. So that would be a mistake. So a, a mistake that you did not mention, and I think that that's a legitimate fear uh, that you have there and, and, and concern that uh, many people would have. Um, would a mistake also include uh, getting a love letter from IRS saying you can't do this. Uh, I mean that 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 would that would to me be a, a major mistake, but that has never happened in the four no, years, and, right? And I will, and JP, I'm sure we'll get into this. You do have to do evaluation every year of what your assets are within the self-directed IRA. I know he'll probably talk about this. And there are some things that you have to do to make sure that you are staying compliant. I never worried about that. I didn't, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't think that that I felt I had enough reassurance. Uh, and though I had heard from some tax guys who had said, oh no, you can't do it later. Guess what? They came back to me and said, Carol, I learned all about this self-directed IRAs. I'm glad you brought it to my attention because right. guess what? It is legit. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you realized that I've been doing it for three years now. <laughs> so, you know, so yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, and I want to say, um, Rich, this is a large role of what JP plays, too, from the standpoint of he's a custodian. So, um, you know, for example, my wife, actually, I'm, I'm looking at what's up on the screen, which I'm going to read in a minute. And I've realized now just in the last 10 minutes, my wife, our financial advisor that we work with, actually had taken a portion of my wife's IRA monies and created a self-directed IRA that invested in a startup. Um, there's a small amount of money that just my wife put into investing in a startup. And it's managed by, you know, by that custodian helped us do that self-directed IRA. And um, so in a sense, Carol, I've already been doing it. I just found out. Let me read real quick what's up on the screen, just for everybody who's listening and can't see this. It says a self-directed IRA is the term used for individual retirement accounts that give investors the control to direct their tax-favored savings beyond traditional stock market-based options. Then it says traditional IRA custodians restrict their brokerage IRA account holders strictly to stock market-based investment options. Alternative asset IRA custodians like JP and Vantage IRA offer their self-directed IRA account holders access to private market-based investment options, i.e., real estate, private notes, startups, et cetera. Okay, sorry, JP, and I know you've been wanting to talk stats here. Um, and then I put up on the screen also some different about a screen that shows side-by-side -side traditional brokerage IRA custodian, alternative asset IRA custodian. And you can see that you can do the same types. It was JP was talking about that a minute ago. You just, they're just self-directed versus traditional. Is that... Right. And you wanted to give some stats and I cut you off, JP. I'm sorry. I mean, what I wanted to share was simply just because you, you mentioned, you know, going back to so many people talking to Fidelity or talking to a traditional company and hearing the words, you can't do that. Right. You, you got to understand this is a systemic 
issue in the financial services industry, right? Because the people who are saying that to their customers, they've been trained that this is actually the way it works, right? Like they, they don't believe they're misinforming their client. They're just telling the client what they've been trained. These are how, this is how IRAs work. This is the investments they have to make. And these are the penalties that have to pay if they want to do other things, right? And, and so as a financial advisor in my, in my previous life, um, I was one of those folks that really confidently believed um, that clients could not do this. And, and when you hear you can't do it, it's not like, you know, what you, what you really hear is this is not legal. I, 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 it's not permissible for me to do this. Um, and so that's really where what what's the challenge with my message typically is. And that's why I want to talk a little bit about statistics, because I think most people, when they hear this news, they're kind of like, OK, I want to validate this information. I got to got to make sure because I'm, I'm hearing so many different things from people that I trust and who I paid to give me advice that it's very confusing and, and can be very overwhelming for people right at the beginning because they have to find people who actually know the truth, are confident about the rules. And, and it's this like mindset shift that Carol obviously has experienced and like, okay, she had to talk to some people. She had to go find, she got to go to a couple more workshops. So that's the reason I wanted to just make sure that your audience understands that if that's how they're feeling, right? They're like, wow, this is great. Before getting really into the the rules and how it works and, you know, the, the good news, I just want to, I want to try to settle their mind a little bit around, you're not alone. When, when I heard, when I first heard this, I was a financial advisor. I could not believe it. And I, you know, was trying to solve something for a client and it changed my entire career. It changed my entire business. Uh, that's how much um, I got kind of disenfranchised with the fact that we have been misinformed for over 40 years about these accounts. And there's so many different ways to make money that I just felt it was, I wanted to be on the right side of this conversation and saying, hey, you know what, as long as you know what your options are, you make the most informed decisions on what, you know, money's so personal that, you know, Carol says, I know real estate. I understand real estate. I've been in it for 40 years. To me, this is what Americans, if they're saving their money and working really hard, they need to put their money in things they understand, things that they're comfortable with, things that they believe will make them money and help, help them reach their goals. But going back to the statistics, $35 trillion is what's currently in retirement accounts in this country. $35 trillion. A little bit over twelve trillion just in IRAs. Okay, of all that money, less than two percent, less than two percent is has been directed outside the stock market. Okay, part of the reason people haven't heard about self-directed IRAs and what they can do is because there's not a lot of companies, there's not a lot of alternative custodial companies that offer this, this these accounts. In my industry, there's probably only about forty-five companies nationwide that do this okay so you got to understand what you know going back to statistics every financial publication is is isn't telling you about this every cnbc news channel that's funded by wall street firms you know their sponsorships and stuff they're not telling people about this so we've had a you know we've been we've been you know david here has been fighting goliath for a while for about 19 years now here in in uh advantage but I just want to kind of give the foundation for people to say, because the, the most popular question I get is, how come I haven't heard about this before? 
Like, why am I just now listening to this podcast, JP, and finding out? And for those of you that have heard about self-directed IRAs, but haven't really dug deeper in the topic, you know, it, which is fine. You know, everybody has their own choice on how much they want to spend, you know, with, uh, you know, increasing their financial literacy and trying to figure out how to, what, you know, how to win the retirement game. But I feel as real estate professionals, it's very important that you hear that statistic, $35 trillion. Now, the last time I checked, what does it take to uh, sell a piece of property? <laughs> it takes money, right? The difference between uh, high producing agents and not high producing agents are people that identify clients who have the money to close the transaction. So I just want you guys to hear the fact that this is a huge untapped funding source for real estate investing on a tax favored basis. So if you are going to uh, you know, uh, sharpen your saw a little bit and learn a little bit more about investment properties and things like that, there's just a huge opportunity to grow your, your, your business, your real estate practice. So I just did a little math with my calculator real quick and uh, 35 trillion minus the 2% that's already in self-directed leaves a market possibility of 34.3 trillion. Right. And so that's really what I want folks to hear is this is an opportunity. Yes, you have to get informed. Like, you know, you're a professional. You've got to kind of understand a little bit of the rules. They're not complicated. They're not complicated. Um, you just have to understand what they are, right? I mean, just like with anything, I'm sure you, you, you heard about 1031 exchanges. It's like, well, what's a 1031 exchange? Well, you've got to, it's a way to defer taxes and you know, you got to do certain things and identify property by a certain time and all those little things. Well, if a client just sold a big piece of property, you know, you should know about 1031 exchanges, right? So these are just, I think, topics that should be in your toolkit as a real estate professional. Even if you don't, even if you decide, you know what, I'm going to go luxury home buyers only or listing. That's okay. But as a professional, don't do what I did, which is didn't know about it. Client comes to me and says, I want to do this. And I said, you can't do it. I, you know, I don't know how to do it. You know, luckily he was stubborn enough to keep me at it for three months so that I actually found a solution and then learned all about it. Um, and it changed my, you know, my career. We've served over 17,000 people uh, since inception here at Vantage. And I can tell you as a financial advisor, I probably would have only made an impact on about 300 households, maybe, uh, you know, on a good day. So the fact that we've been able to share this message and have people be like, thank you, JP, thank you, Vantage, thank you, you know, self-directed IRA people, because it's really not about us. It's about stories like Carol saying, I had felt I lost everything, lost control, lost my nest egg. And this now put me in a position back on track, feeling confident, putting my money where I believe it belongs. And, um, you know, and, and now she's got a nest egg, she said. So to me, that's those are the stories that just bring a huge smile to my face because it's like, you know, mission accomplished, I guess, when I took the risk of starting this business, um, you know, years ago, it's like, this is what I wanted to hear from people is, wow, now that I know, look how much it changed my financial trajectory uh, for my family and for myself. So I, I love that. I love that. And um, I guess, you know, uh, up on the screen for those that are watching on YouTube, it kind of a little summary of what we've been talking about, some benefits of this. Number one, total investment control. 
you know, over the IRA funds. And I, Carol, what you said to me the other day really resonated with me. We're, our audience here are people that have spent, you know, two to 40 years in the real estate industry and they know what they're doing. And oftentimes we turn our investments over um, and we don't know much about, you know, the stock market or about the different things that, are, you know, financial advisor. And in a way, this is a way for you to take control of part of your um, of your portfolio, so to speak, or of your investments. And then there's the increased diversification beyond the stock market offerings. So diversification is another benefit. And then also, um, you know, the private market offers low volatility investing environment, you know, to protect your nest eggs. So, um, you know, those are great, um, you know, things. JP, do you want to dig in a little bit about the process of how to get started and maybe in the process of telling them how to get started, um, you know, the different options about 401k and IRA as well, because they're two different things. So right. can you ask that a little bit? And Absolutely. So, um, you know, the first thing I think the audience needs to ask themselves is, what do I want to invest in? You know, what do I like? What, what do I like to invest in? What, what, what do I feel is going to make me the returns and make me sleep well at night and feel like I'm actually making progress and have a chance of retiring in the future? Because if the answer to that question is, is, is only being answered by default, like, well, I, I just have to put the stock market because that's, that's the only place I know, then, you know, then the message hopefully resonates to this self directed IRA only solves an investment dilemma that people have, right? People like Carol who are like, oh my God, I don't want my money in the stock market. I want it somewhere else. And so if that's you, if you're saying, yep, I would like to invest in other things, but I've had all this money saved in this in these types of accounts, then a self-directed IRA, uh, I think could be a great option. Now, I want to make sure I'm clarifying. It's not like it's an either or. Right. If you have money at a Fidelity IRA, you've got your mutual funds and you like some of those mutual funds or, you, you know, you're comfortable with some of that. That's perfectly fine. You can transfer a portion of your money to a self-directed IRA account and keep money in the stock market and keep money in alternative assets. So I also want to demystify that potential. Uh, that yep. Part of the process, the, the mechanics of how to get started are very simple. Okay, the first, of course, you have to work with an alternative custodian. That's number one. So if you want to do this, you know, hopefully you, you choose Vantage, but you have to set up an account, a self-directed IRA account with an alternative asset custodian. And that's step one. That process is paperwork, two days, you have an account number, you're ready to rock. Then you have to sell whatever amount of stock market-based investments that you'd like to transfer into that self-directed IRA account, right? You basically have to bring the money over to the vehicle that's going to help you do this with the custodian that's going to allow you to hold those assets within your retirement account. So you're going to liquidate your uh, brokerage IRA holdings. That typically takes two days to settle, right? We're going to send them a transfer request, a transfer form, and you're basically just doing an IRA to IRA transfer. So there is no tax consequences. You're not pulling, you're not distributing the money out, okay, and paying taxes or penalties. This is as if you went from Fidelity to Schwab, or if you went from Schwab to Vanguard. You're just changing companies, but you're opening up the same type of account and you're just transferring those dollars over. 
that process typically takes, you know, seven to 14 days, depending on how friendly the current custodian is and how hard they work at sending you our uh, sending us our, your money. Um, and then once the money, once, once that money is, is deposited into your self-directed IRA with Vantage, now it's going to uh, sit in an FDIC insured account, of course, like all IRAs, you know, your money at Schwab is no safer than your money at Vantage, right? It's all FDIC insured on the uninvested cash until you make that investment. And so once the money's there, Vantage is going to be waiting for you to give us direction. Okay, so that's where the self-directed part works. Since we don't sell products, we don't endorse and, 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 and put you in, into deals or, you know, refer or promote products or investments, we are waiting for you to give us direction as to where you'd like to invest your money. And then our job is to facilitate that transaction efficiently, make sure it's titled properly so that you keep all the tax uh, advantages. And then, of course, our job is to do all the IRS reporting on your account, the administration and record keeping for your account itself. We don't manage money. We administer accounts. Okay, That's an important differentiator than maybe you know, the people that you are currently working with. Right, They're money managers. They're, they're managing your investments. We are simply administrating your account as a custodial company, which is required, and doing all the IRS reporting that's required for your IRA. Okay, so that's that's pretty much it. Like Carol mentioned, once you've made your investment, you know the custodians, all custodians, are required to report to the government what the value, what the fair market value is of the account that they're holding on behalf of that client. And so, yes, the difference between Stock market, pub, you know, uh, publicly traded securities and public is that those are those assets are valued every day, right? The stock market opens, the stock market closes. You know what your values are every single day. In the secondary market, in the private market, you know you don't know until your asset is sold, right? It, you know the fair market value is what a what a willing buyer is willing to pay to a willing seller, right? So you might get some comps on your real estate, which is fine. We'll, we'll, we'll take those comps and then we just need to make sure that we do that annually and then send those reports to the government uh, because that is one of the requirements, okay? So there's a couple of things that are different simply because you know you are all dealing with secondary private market assets. And um, what I can tell you is the illiquidity of some of those assets are you know, something to consider. Um, the fact that you'll have to do a lot of paperwork with us because every it's not like you're just pushing buttons on your you know fidelity uh, account and push pushing by this mutual fund right if you're buying real estate we're facilitating the transaction with the escrow company the title company we're dealing purchase contracts I mean the, the exact same type of transaction that you're all used to except you're doing it where the buyer is your IRA okay so the vesting and the title of those documents have to be in the name of your IRA. Now, Todd, of course, there's different ways to structure your IRA account, uh, which we can certainly talk about, but I wanna make sure that uh, people understand that the mechanics, how it works is it's that simple. You basically just have to put your money with a company that lets you in, uh, not only invest in these things, but is willing to hold these things for a fee. And from, from a fee perspective, you know, it's fairly, I would say very reasonable because we're just charging administration fees every year, okay? You're not paying us commissions and advisory fees and management fees uh, or asset value fees or anything like that. So, you know, we charge, uh, you know, an annual record administration fee of $395 per asset. And um, 
you know, and, and, uh, you know, transaction fees to buy and sell assets of 125 bucks. So again, you're certainly, uh, it's not going to de derail your retirement uh, plan. At least our fees won't. Um, and so, you know, I want to make sure that people also understand there's no, you know, there's no account minimums or anything like that. You can get it started with as little money as you'd like. Uh, it really depends on what you're looking to purchase. And, um, you know, I typically tell people, you know, if it was me, I probably wouldn't, I, I, you know, $25,000 is probably a good place to start just, just because there's fees, there are fees, right? So if you take a look at our fees to the value of your account, you know, if you're making an investment that's gonna, you know, hopefully make you, let's say 8% or 10%, you know, when you add the fees to that, you're looking at a return net of fees. And I think the smaller the balance of the account, the more significant the impact of those fees, even though they're low, they're gonna they're gonna be significant. So I just always tell my clients, just be aware of those things. You know, you know, sure we'll open up a, you know, my first Roth IRA had five grand in it. Um, and of course, uh, you know, I I did a I was getting 12%. I I refinanced my girlfriend's uh credit card debt. Uh, she was paying 28% uh, interest to Citibank. And I said, you know what, luckily my Roth IRA can only only charge us 12. So um I actually refinanced her credit card debt and uh, she paid off her debt earlier uh, than she wanted and then she that she was going to do with the 28% and I got 12% return on my on my retirement account. So these are the creative things that you can do you know once you understand the rules. The uh, the other thing I guess on the how it works Todd if 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 I could uh, continue to kind of educate is is most people ask, okay, well, now that I know I can do other things, you know, what are my limitations, right? And so from an investment perspective, the very important, there's only two investment restrictions that the government actually has written down as you cannot buy this with retirement accounts, life insurance contracts and collectibles, collectibles, you know, stamps, coins, you know, collectible cars, you know, anything that's deemed a collectible, can't buy that with your IRA and life insurance contracts. The good news for the people listening is real estate isn't one of them. So any type of real estate strategy uh, for investment purposes uh, can be uh, can be done with a self-directed account. And how do you buy these things? How can you buy assets with a self-directed the same way you can buy assets outside of your IRA? You can pay cash, from the IRA, 100% cash. You can co-invest with other people through entities, which is what you're doing in mutual funds, right? You're buying a share of a mutual fund and you're investing with thousands of people. Well, same thing you can do with a self-directed. You know, Todd, so, Carol, and I could, you know, invest in an entity and, and we can put our IRA money in there and go buy a property. Rich, I know you have a great story about that, about the musical instruments real quick, if you could tell everyone about that. But um, I'm going to read what's up on the screen for those that aren't uh, watching on YouTube. Uh, the slide basically says, you know, um, how the SDIRA process works. It says, you know, uh, it has an arrow going left to right. Current brokerage IRA, open Avantage SDIRA. Uh, liquidate your brokerage IRA holdings or the amount that you want to do that. As JP said, let's say you have 500,000 
you know, there you could only uh, move 250,000 in and keep 250,000 in the stock market. It's up to you, um, you know, how much you want to liquidate and move. And then the next step is transfer the funds to Vantage uh, SDIRA, and then you make your alternative investment. So um, JP, you were just talking about, you know, that the two restrictions you know, and, but that opens up other possibilities. So Rich, you told me a story about somebody doing something with, um, with musical instruments and you could do that with a self-directed IRA if you wanted to, right? Yeah. Um, as we were doing our, uh, uh, pre-podcast call with JP a couple of days ago, he mentioned musical instruments and it, it struck me. I actually know somebody who was in that business, uh, uh, one of my sister's uh, high school boyfriends, you know, uh, goes off. Everybody goes off and does their life after high school, right? You know, and after college. Well, we find out years later that that he got into the musical instrument rental business. So think about this. I mean, we've got a lot of parents listening uh, in in our audience who have children in middle school, in high school, playing musical instruments. And we don't always buy these instruments uh, uh, to start with because we want to find if our children are, you know, have the inclination, they have interest if, if they want to go on. So what do we do? We rent these instruments. And there is a massive business here. There is so much income in it. It blows me away. It's a business model. You know, I'm tucked away in real estate, right? I'm in my lane for most of my adult life here, not looking outside much at, at all, you know, and musical instrument rentals can be uh, a massive business. And yes, according to JP, you can invest uh, in musical instruments. Go figure. Violin, like that, you know, some, some special collectible uh, instrument, but yes, of course, instruments that can be any, you know, property like that can be rented out and, yeah, not collectibles, bulk instruments. So if you if you buy six violins that are not collectibles, they're just violins, you're good to go. Good to go. Right? Yeah. Hey, real quick, um, can we move though a little bit? Okay, so we just went over the structure, but there's also some alternatives, maybe that um is a that offers some additional benefits by incorporating LLCs. Can you talk real quick about how this structure or the process would work if you choose to um, incorporate an LLC into this process? So like I mentioned before, there's three ways that you can invest with your self-directed IRA. The first one is 100% cash. The second is through entities. And the third is through leverage, right? So contrary to popular belief, you actually can't, your IRA can borrow money it can be leveraged. So you put put a 50% down payment on a property and a bank can lend you or a person can lend you, um, not you, your, uh, a, a lender can lend your IRA money to buy property as well, to buy assets. So those are the three ways. Now, going back to entities, most of my real estate uh, inv uh, uh, investor clients, um, they tip, they're used to buying real estate with LLCs, right? They fund LLCs. They like the asset protection they provide. It's easier to manage. They have checkbook control. They can, you know, their manager, they pay the property manager, they pay the expenses, et cetera, and so forth. Good for accounting purposes as well. So in the IRA, it can, because IRAs can invest in private companies, 
They can buy membership units of LLCs, limited partnerships, syndications, et cetera. Um, a lot of our clients like to structure what is known in the industry as checkbook control or having a checkbook control IRA LLC. And, and that's a, it's a simple structure, honestly, but, you, but here's the key. You have to set up a brand new LLC. Okay. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, I already have an LLC JP and I already have my investment properties with this LLC, your IRA cannot add money into the LLC that you already personally own. Okay. We won't get too deep into the, into the rules, but just, I'm just letting you know to do this structure, you have to start with a brand new LLC. And when you create it, you're going to make the IRA the 100% member. Okay, your IRA is going to own 100% of this newly established entity for your IRA investing. Okay, you could name yourself as the manager or anybody else you'd like to manage that entity. You can name it whatever you'd like. But ultimately, when you have your funded self-directed IRA, you're going to direct Vantage to purchase 100% of the membership units of that IRA LLC that you've established. And so we're going to, that's, that's the investment you're making. You're buying into a private company and we are going to custody those membership units for you. Now, once you set up that IRA LLC properly, you, of course, as manager, you're going to go to your local bank. You're going to go to the bank and you're going to open up a business checking account, right? Just like you would for any other LLC. I mean, to set up a business checking account, just set up an LLC. Vantage is going to wire or send you the check to deposit into that business checking account, all of your IRA money to buy those units, okay? Once that's done, now you are literally in control of your IRA savings with the asset protection that the LLC provides you, right? With the uh, checkbook so that you can not have to fill out forms for Vantage and direct Vantage every time you need a check cut for something, uh, for you know your property or whatever. So you can pay expenses uh, out of that IRA LLC. And of course, all the income must still come right back in that uh, IRA LLC. Now, keep in mind, this is owned 100% by your IRA, okay? So it's not like your other investment holding company where, oh, I, I need, oh, I'm making some money and some cash flow. I need to make some, you know, cut myself a check for, you know, for a dividend for my income. You cannot do that with these because these are, this is IRA money. Right. So just keep in mind that this is an IRA investment holding company. It all it really does is it facilitates the administration for you. It saves you money but as far as the administration fees that you pay Vantage uh, also reduced by this structure. Um, and a lot of our clients just, you know, from that LLC, they'll go out and they'll do the multiple, you know, they'll go buy multiple properties or, or set up other LLCs that they buy for other you know, structures for other for other investments. So it really served really, really nice. And, and so the money flow goes back to the LLC. Now, let's assume that you are now in retirement age and you're saying, okay, JP, well, I've made all my money. Let's say it's Carol, right? Carol has an IRA LLC. She's been, you know, growing it for a while. Now she's thinking, you know what? It'd be nice to have a little bit of my retirement income come in to say, you know, to, to supplement what I'm, you know, what I'm earning at HomeSmart. And um, and so what happens? Well, as the manager, she's going to cut a dividend check back to her Vantage IRA. Okay, 
Just like when you're buying a stock like Apple, right? You invest in that company and then they send you a dividend. It goes right back into your IRA. Well, you invested in a private company. You didn't invest in a publicly traded company, but the dividend check has to come back to your IRA, right? With those proceeds. And then from the IRA perspective, the custodian, that's who you request the money and the distribution from. So then Carol will say, hey, fill out the form, IRA distribution, please send me $1,000 a month from my IRA, right? So she's got to make sure that there's $1,000 a month in that IRA, and then we'll cut that check, and we will then do the IRS reporting, which is a 1099 uh, to the government and, of course, to Carol so that she can report that income to Uncle Sam on her 1040, okay? So that's how distributions work out of that IRA LLC structure. Now, if you are making a contribution to your uh, IRA, you're not going to just go to the bank and deposit your own money into your business checking account, okay? You have to send the check to Vantage. We will uh, record it as a contribution for the year. And then from there, you will say, I need a capital call to my LLC. And there's a little bit of paperwork. And then we'll send that contribution into your IRA LLC so that you can keep investing and use it for any expenses and things like that. So. I know when you're hearing this over a podcast, it can be a little bit different without a visual, but you know, Todd has a beautiful visual up uh, for the YouTubers out there. So you can kind of see how this works. I think it's a little easier to understand when you see a picture, but I guess the bottom line here is there's a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of flexibility in how to structure your IRA uh, so that you can have a more control, save some money, have some more asset protection for the types of investing that you're doing. Okay, and um, you know the the um, hopefully the takeaway is aside from oh my god how exciting is it that I can invest in what I want? I think people like Carol will tell you who who've been doing this for fourteen years um, is you know I also want to get good at being a self directed IRA account holder, right? I want to do it so it doesn't create more paperwork or you know who likes to fill out forms? Not a lot of people, right? So. You want to try to learn a little bit of what's the most efficient way for me to manage this account. And of course, Vantage can help you and educate you about how that can happen if that's the way you want to go. with it. So I guess for me, JP, though, this opens up some additional opportunities, though, with your self-directed IRA, with something that you touched on briefly, where you're talking about purchasing real estate with a mortgage from your self-directed IRA, meaning that Let's say someone had $250,000 in a self-directed IRA. One approach would be to buy a home for $200,000 or $250,000 and you own the home free and clear, right? At that point. But another approach would be that maybe you use, put $200,000 down on a $350,000 property and you there's a mortgage and there's a payment that needs to happen then to that mortgage, but the mortgage is, you know, in the LLC's name and the checkbook control that this setup gives allows someone, because right now it's kind of hard to find properties that are at that lower price point always, right? So that's where this opens up some opportunities for me. Carol, you have more experience about this and I never want, I don't want to say anything that, you know, wrong or misleading to our audience, but Am I correct in that that's what this opens up is opportunities to do things like that? That is absolutely 100% correct. I That's the main message is that those are the three ways you can purchase things. And it's just about, you know, what you want to buy, how much of it, what is it worth? What is it, you know, 
How many assets do you want to have in your account to diversify? You know, these are the these are the decisions that, as a self-directed investor, you're having to consider. And um, you know, we're here to Vantage isn't going to give you advice, but we're experts in this topic, right? So what we have is a lot of experience allowing to, to, to give you things to consider. Hey, have you considered this? Oh, I, I didn't know I could, you know, because for a lot of people, it's a learning curve, right? It's a learning, oh, I didn't even know I could leverage this, my IRA. How does that work? Well, we educate you on that. We provide a resource of lenders, of banks that, that have specialized uh, lending product for this type of investing. So, you know, we've grown up as an industry the last 20 years. I can tell you it's, there's more banks, there's more um, companies out there that are now solving for this. They want to get into this market. They want to be able to provide loans to IRAs. Um, they are non-recourse loans, but again, as long as there's enough rental income coming in to your IRA or your IRA LLC, now you've got enough money to pay the mortgage, right? So if the mortgage is going to get paid by the IRA funds, okay, this is the IRA doesn't have a credit score. So if, even if you have bad credit, it doesn't matter. The lender's looking at the asset. It's asset-based lending. So they're going to be lending to the asset, making sure there's enough cash flow to pay their mortgage. And, um, and that's a very exciting uh, option for a lot of folks that felt they couldn't afford to do some things. But you bring up a great point, Todd. And that's, you know, most people tell me, JP, you must be killing it. You know, when real estate goes up, you must be killing it. Everyone wants to buy real estate. And I said, listen, I wish that was the truth. It helps us share the message that real estate can be purchased with an IRA. But these high prices, I tell you, you know, if you don't have enough funds saved in your retirement account, a lot of people have been, um, the market has kind of put them out of the market, right? Because they don't have enough money to buy what they want. Properties that, you know, used to buy, th people used to buy things in Buckeye and Pin Creek here, you know, 100 grand, 70 grand, 90 grand, 125 grand after the Great Recession. You know, now it's 450 grand. So it it, it actually, um, unfortunately, the, the value of real estate, yes, for the for those of us that bought when it was cheap, we were killing it. For those of us that um, are just hearing about this, you know, it's part of the equation. And that's where I think a lot of our clients do co-investing. They really so, Carol, Carol, I see you sitting there smiling ear to ear. So I know this is resonating with you, Rich. I see you smiling about it, you know, um, and yeah. What do well, you think? I, if I can interrupt you, Todd, I did want to say a couple things about Vantage IRAs and about JP and, and what I utilize those guys and gals for is really the do's and the don'ts, the how to's and the how not to's. And they've helped me enormously with, oh, yes, you can do that or no, that's not permitted keeping me on the straight and narrow, making sure I'm doing it correctly. Um, I also wanted to mention one other thing that JP brought up earlier, and he was talking a little bit about um, diversified assets. And yes, when my when I told my story about my 401k, I didn't take everything out of that 401k. I left some money in my Fidelity account. I also have a Schwab account. So yes, there are, I do have diversified assets and I do have diversified uh, different accounts. Uh, but within what I do at, at uh, Vantage and with my self-directed IRA, 
I feel so much more in control. And I love the folks at Schwab. I love the folks at Fidelity, but they're limited. And, and what I've been able to do outside of there and what I've been able to do with my self-directed IRA has made a world of difference for me, for my family as well. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's just a whole different, it's just a whole different world. So now to also to avoid even more confusion, I will tell you, since we've been doing a pretty good job the last 20 plus years, uh, in our industry that inform people, there are a lot of people calling Schwab and Fidelity and traditionally, you know, and, and asking questions and, and, you know, I've even now seen that they're calling their account self-directed IRA, okay, so to add more confusion to the equation. So remember, self-directed is a marketing term, okay? It's not a special type of account. So I always like to tell the story, you know, back when Henry Ford started with the Model T's, he would tell his customers, you can, you can buy this card any color you want, as long as it's black. And, and I feel the same way with traditional custodians, they're adding that word self-directed to tell, to tell their clients, hey, you can invest in any stock market-based investment that you like. You know, it's like, you can invest in anything you like as long as it's in the stock market. So yes, you're, you can be in control and self-direct your IRA with Schwab, but all they're really meaning is you can buy whatever mutual fund you want, any ETF you want, any bond you want, any stock you want on their platform, okay? But again, Anytime we're talking private market, bye-bye, Chuck. See you, Chuck. <laughs> I move my money, Chuck. So just be aware of that, of, again, the continued confusion that is um, perpetuated. JP, on that, I'm actually learning right here on the podcast because I have to kind of almost correct what I said earlier because when I said self-directed IRA and my wife's a portion of that money going in, that didn't come from our retirement account money. That came from our savings account money. And it went into an investment account. So I, it's the same thing you're talking about. They told me, yeah, it's self-directed. We're going to create a special IRA. You're going to invest in this startup. But it's not what we're talking about. I haven't yet done it. Because I, I, I it was unrestricted savings, just cash mm -hmm. um, that we had. It was not from an IR, um, a tax... What's the term that you use? Deferred. Deferred um, entity. So I still have to do it. But it, the process is the same. And it just opened up that thought for me. But you're right. We have to be careful that we don't co-mix the two. So thank you for that clarification. I even I learned that right here on the podcast, everyone. Hey, real quick. Um, there is um, a visual up on the screen that kind of really gives full circle picture of Vantage Roth self-directed IRA having to do with annual IRA contributions, some of the distributions of possibilities that JP was talking about, um, about the IRA LLC checking account going into real estate assets, exp expenses incurred and income generated, et cetera. You know, what I, what I wonder is if some of you would like to do a webinar with JP I'm going to do something unusual. I've never done this on the podcast before. If you send an email into the real estate at homesmart.com, if we have enough interest from all of you, JP, would you be happy to come do a webinar sometime where it's a, not so much of a topical discussion, but maybe slides and a Zoom like a presentation? 
we'll, we'll, we'll put our snorkels in. We'll, we'll go deep. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do a deep dive. It is, it is absolutely my pleasure to do that. And I know that, you know, today's podcast is really just to give the, the macro concept, just to spark people's interest, get them, get them thinking, you know, asking themselves the questions. Is this something that I might want to be interested in? Do I have enough? You know, who do I validate this with? So maybe I talk to Vantage and call them up and, and, you know, get a little bit more information. And, and, um, and so we're happy to do that, of course, for any of your uh, listeners that would like to go a little deeper and get a little bit more education. We also offer workshops here at Vantage on a monthly basis, uh, which they can come to. And those are also virtual. Uh, so regardless of where your listeners are at around the, the country, uh, we can certainly provide that education. And you had mentioned, Todd, earlier, you wanted me to talk about 401ks too. So I know, Rich, uh, you had this question um, when we we're doing our prep call. And mm -hmm. I know a lot of listeners um, have worked, you know, somewhere else before real estate, right? So maybe they worked at a company, they had a 401k like Carol did, you know, they, they saved money, they salary deferred into that, and they, they maybe kept that 401k when they left the company, maybe they kept their 401k dollars, you know, at their old employer. Um, so it's important for your listeners to know that that money can be rolled over into a self-directed IRA account. All you have to do is fill out some paperwork with your old employer's plan sponsor, let them know you want to do an IRA rollover, and they'll go ahead and we'll send, send them some uh, some rollover paperwork and they'll send the money over to your new self-directed Vantage uh, IRA. Now, that's for people who have left employers and have old 401ks. For the listeners who are saying, well, JP, I, I'm currently participating in a 401k and I, I do real estate, but maybe I do real estate um, part-time and I'm still working at ABC company or whatever, right? So if you're currently participating in a 401k, um, chances are the plan that you're participating in is restricting their participants to only a, a, a small list of investment choices that of course are typically going to be in the stock market. So can 401ks be self-directed and buy real estate and do everything? Yes, but it's the plan. It's kind of going back to like the Schwab's of the world. The, the plan that you're participating in is the one making the restriction of the investment choices that those employees have. So unless the trustee of that plan allows for self-directed for those participants to invest in other things, um, like the Vantage 401k, um, then you're going to be a little bit stuck with those investment choices um, until you hit one of those triggering events uh, like termination or, you know, you leave employment, you know, death, disability, divorce, or you reach the retirement age of that plan or that plan has a provision called an in-service distribution. I'm getting a little technical, but I just want to, without going down the rabbit hole, I just want to make sure that on the surface, if you are listening and you say, well, the only money I have in a retirement account is with my current 401k that I'm participating in, okay? Give Vantage a call. We'll walk you through your options if you have any. If not, you might have to wait until one of those triggering events before you can uh, create your self-directed account with us. All right, now, Rich, I've been watching you bite your tongue. We've had a lot of information and ground to cover, um, you know, so uh, what are you... What are you thinking or what are your, your questions from where we're at right now? There's so much firing off in my head. Um, uh, lots of emotions. Uh, uh, you know, I, I am uh, 
I'm pissed on one hand. And 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 if I'm offending anybody who's listening by saying that word, I'm sorry, I don't mean to. But here's what's going on. I've known this for 30 years, right? And I've done other things. On the other hand, there's another emotion firing off in here. I am so grateful that our paths have crossed because I now get it, JP. Um, I got bits and pieces of it before, but there was always something hanging out there that's like, yeah, I don't know about this. And so I've held back and I've done other things. Now, my dad made his money in the stock market. He loved it. And he taught me uh, a little bit about the stock market, but nothing like he knows. And my stock market investing record sucks. It's horrible. Um, and it was about a year and a half ago. Um, I was uh, I was going to take a loan against my 401k for a down payment on a house. And I was this close to doing it. And Russia invaded the Ukraine. And the value of my account over the next couple of days went way down. In fact, it went way down by the amount that I was going to pull out. And it's like, oh, man, that just killed me. So what did I do? I no. did what probably most people do. <laughs> I froze. I procrastinated. I did nothing. Right. And so still pounding my 401k. Uh, and and so, I mean, we've recovered not to the levels we were, but I mean, we've surpassed because it's been a year and a half. Um, anyway, made a phone call. Uh, to my 401k uh, uh, plan company uh, and learned uh, that there is an event that that I can participate in, uh, which is I am older than 59 and a half, um, and, and I can pull out whatever I want. So I can roll this over. I am really excited about that uh, because A, I now have the complete picture. So thank you, JP, for not hyping it and not overselling it, but educating me enough along the way. So I get it. I understand. And you've eliminated all the fear. Uh, and I think that that's amazing. I think that when we're talking about our money, when we're talking about our, our retirement funds, um, we, we, we have a tendency to go into fear mode and tighten up and, and, and we, we grasp a hold of things, you know, it's, uh, uh, it it's, reminds me of the analogy of dipping your hand in water. If you're thirsty and you grab water with your tight with your fist, what are you going to get? You know that's what we get when we go into fear. But if we open our hands and scoop it up, we we can refresh ourselves. That's what I feel like this is. I feel refreshed. I get it. And there's hope for my retirement someday because uh, Carol, like you, 40 years in this business, I love the business. I love the people. I absolutely love what I do, but there's going to come a day when I want to do it only because I want to. And today there's additional motivation. So, um, yeah, Todd, that's uh, you asked you you punched the button, you know. And I hope I didn't just verbally vomit on everybody. But this is what's going on in my head as I'm listening to you, uh, JP. There's a whole bunch firing off here, and I think. Uh, that could happen to a lot of our listeners too. It might be happening. It, it, it happened to me when I heard about this. The first reaction pissed because again, I was an advisor. I was getting paid to give people the right advice. 
And I was pissed at the people who trained me, who didn't train me properly, didn't give me the whole story because I felt I was doing my clients in this, this justice. And as a fiduciary advisor, you're supposed to do what's in the best interest of your client. And I, so I was very angry. And I, to the point, like I said, I divorced myself from, from the, the traditional Wall Street uh, model. And I, you know, I opened up Vantage. And to your point about emotions, you know, one of our trademarks advantage is money is personal. It's such a personal thing, right? And so I like to say, you know, with a self-directed IRA, we put the I in IRA, right? Because it really is about you, what you are going through, what your investment appetite is, what your time horizons are, what what you know about money, what you don't, and what you're scared about, right? Um, so it is about control, but I feel it's also a self-awareness of your you're really money, you know, even if you're married, your, your partner might have a completely different relationship with money. And so I always tell my clients, you know, the good news is this isn't a joint account. This is yours. This is your account. You do what you would like to do with your money um, and, uh, because you're the one saving into it. And so, you know, Rich, I, I, I really relate to your story because it, that's exactly how I was. It was like anger and, and pissed and then relief and then like inspiration and, and like energy, right? Like good energy of being like, whoa, I can go learn this. I'm going to change my business. I'm going to pivot and I'm going to try to share it with the world so that people like who are listening, hopefully have that moment of impact to say, Hmm, maybe it's worth for me to, do. I don't necessarily have to trust it off this podcast, but I need to verify, trust and verify Like listen to what we're saying, do a little bit of additional, you know, leg work like Carol did. And she said, she's never looked back. So to me, I mean, uh, you couldn't have picked a, a, a literally a better um, um, testimonial, better person to tell her story because it is like, um, to me, I guess, very rewarding. Carol, I just want you to know that it's it's uh, it validates, I guess, the the entrepreneurial um, vision that I had um, so many years ago, nineteen plus years ago. You can believe it. Uh, and I've known you for mm-hmm. four those years, so that's you know, thank you for your business, of course. Yeah. And, well. JP, I got to say, um, when, when, and, and to you, Rich, when you said you're pissed, um, I'm, I'm mad at myself that I didn't learn this even earlier. So even though I've been doing it for 14 years now, I, I love that we're sharing this because I'm hoping other folks will jump on board sooner. And one thing that I did want to mention about JP and Vantage is they're not selling me. They didn't try to sell me on this. What they did was they educated me. I came to those workshops and they said, here's something you need to start thinking about. And it was a whole different way, like the light bulb went on for you, Rich. Same thing happened with me. It was a whole different way of thinking about my money and my future and my investing. And they didn't have to sell me on it. They just needed to educate me and and make me ask those questions. Wait, why am I not doing this? This is crazy. Why am I not investing in something I'm so comfortable with, which is real estate? And that's the other point that I wanted to make, Carol. I I, I didn't connect the dots with my stock investing uh, after talking about my lousy, continued lousy track record is that I know real estate. I feel comfortable investing in real estate. I can do this. And I've made great real estate investments, but to do it under um, the the tax deferred uh, umbrella makes me feel even better. And even though they are separate accounts, uh, JP, my wife is even better at this than I am. And so 
uh, I'm excited uh, for us. And we have no financial dog uh, uh, in 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 the uh, the fight here uh, at all. HomeSmart has has no connection uh, to UJP or Vantage, um, except that we're sharing information. And so, thank you for this. Well, and I got to say, it changed my life. So I am so forever grateful to JP and to Vantage because it changed my life completely. And it brings tears to my eyes thinking about it, uh, where I was and where I am now. And not just that, but the lives we've been able to impact by buying these homes that we use as rental properties and the families and the stories are just, you know, it's just amazing. So I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful to JP. It was a very small and continues to be a very, very small investment in something that is so incredibly life-changing, not just for me, but for a lot of people. So thank you, JP. Welcome. Thank you. Um, the uh, Todd, I just want to, we can finish if you'd like. I just want to um, remind our listeners that we've been talking a lot about this topic from a personal perspective, which is the first step, right? You know, hearing it, understanding it, deciding if it's for you. I don't have to sell anything because it either solves a problem that you have or it doesn't, right? I mean, the self-directed IRA either solves your investing dilemma or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, totally, you know, that's great. You know, um, we have plenty of clients who, you know, um, you have to you have to identify. I mean, am I, am I somebody that likes to do both stock market and this, you know, do other things, or am I all alts, you know? Um, but the the uh, there isn't anything to sell here. I mean, we're in the business of offering this solution for those who it solves the problem for. Um, and that's obviously up to them. When people say, why have a self-directed GP? Like, you know, convince me that I need one. I, no, I, I, I can't. Like to, to me, it's just know the, that it exists. And maybe right now is not the time to buy something like real estate. Who knows? Maybe you believe that you're going to wait till the market dips a little bit, you know, before you do that. Great. At least you know who to call, that it exists, that it's legal, and for your clients. So we've been talking a lot about our own retirement plan and our own retirement um, stories. Um, but I don't want to, you know, I, I want to make sure your your listeners and your agents understand. They have clients that have, you know, seventy percent of them, you know, have the money in here. And when I've spoken to, you know, the elite group and I've spoken to HomeSmart groups before, thank you, Carol, for always, you know, again, trying to get me in front of your, your people. Um, it's also a decision that you have to make is, is this strategy, is this concept a concept that can build my business? You know, um, and we can educate you on how we can do that. We have uh, set up, you know, turnkey marketing systems. We have tools to provide you as an agent, landing pages. We've created a turnkey system to make your life easy to do this if if you're willing to understand the investment game. And I think that's the the, the thing I learned from um, from before was not everybody speaks the investment language, and not everybody's bilingual in that in that in that game. So just make sure that if you're going to go down that road, not only do you learn about this this funding source but you also are prepared for the floodgates to open because you start telling people about this, trust me, they're going to want to come to you and say, tell me more. How does this work? Blah, blah, blah. You know, so. so. If you want to speak to that for just a minute, there's a group of our HomeSmart agents in Atlanta, Georgia, who have been emailing me weekly. When are you going to have JP on? 
to do because I told them about you and and they were when are you going to have JP on to um to to talk about this because they have clients who want to be investors and who are only able to invest a little bit because of their cash limitations but they have money in 401k's or IRAs that they want to learn and they want to um to help them become bigger investors real estate investors by doing both by investing with some of their cash that's free and clear and some of their tax um vehicles using some of those funds through transferring to them to a self-directed ira but the key thing to know here too is also all of those agents are they're wanting to learn today how to go do it themselves so that they experience it they know what it is and then they can speak a little bit better to helping their customers because I think it would be hard to do if you haven't really yeah. done well, and, and keep in mind, let's assume you're you're listening, you're saying JP, great for me, but I don't, you know, I don't do investment properties and that's not my game. Great. I guarantee with the what do you guys have, eight thousand agents or whatever? I mean, there's gotta be a group of people. Twenty seven thousand. Oh wow. Oh my goodness. Boy, <laughs> congratulations. That's amazing. Um but see, that's how he how long it's been since we've known each other. We probably had about that many when we first met, right, JP? Unbelievable. That's congratulations. That's amazing growth. Um, so what, what I guess what I'm saying is if you have that community, right, of, of other agents across the country, maybe the, maybe the properties in Atlanta are better properties to purchase than here. You know, we have agents that refer each other. You know what? I'm not doing this, but I I'm getting this, you know, I'm getting asked questions by my clients. I can't help them. But I'll refer them to you. Maybe we can do, you know, we can work something out on commissions. We can, you know, the referral fees or I, I don't know how you guys work those things. But I can tell you that, you know, there's a lot of ways you can use this concept to grow your business. You know, it's just it's just that simple. Um, a lot of agents that I know who are trying to build relationships with loan officers as referring sources and um uh, you know, one thing I was asking is, well, guess what? When when your loan officer partner um, takes a K, you know, does a loan application, guess what that loan application is asking? How much money is in the retirement account? How much money is in their 401k? How much money is in their IRA? That the lender is not necessarily using that information to underwrite the loan, but they have it. So they know out of all those applications that they've done, Who's got the money and who's got so I've I've taught and educated agents on these are the creative ways where you can find the, the money. You could find the money and the clients and the investors and just use the partners that you've always had and you know the centers of influence that, that you've established, but just bring a different concept to them and they can also be part of potentially um you know that referral back and forth, right? And so there are a lot of creative ideas. I won't bore you with any more of it. I know we've gone probably a little too long today, but um, thanks for, I just get so excited and just keep sharing more stuff. You know? um, but you know, I guess uh, let me know how I can be of service to your community, to your agents. Um, always always uh, count me in for any education. This is this is my, my purpose in life is to share. Awesome. Thank you, JP. Yeah, JP, we appreciate you so much taking the time to um, to educate our audience here today. And Carol, 
thank you for sharing your story. I know how busy you are and you taking the time as well. Um, and just also though, seeing the smile on your face um, fires me up. It, well, you know what I started thinking about, Todd, is how many agents, as JP was just speaking, how many agents are going to be listening to this podcast and thinking about different clients, forget themselves, forget their own personal situation, but thinking about different clients who either A, couldn't qualify, B, didn't have the cash and cash was king or thought they didn't have the cash. And lo and behold, JP told us at the beginning of this call, they've got $35 trillion sitting in accounts that could have been used and could still be used to purchase the real estate. So I, I just love that. I think, oh, wow, this is going to open up just such a world for our agents and not just personally, but for their businesses as well. So it's pretty exciting. So a couple little um uh, action items then for our audience. Number one, if you want to learn more, um, you know, go to vantageiras.com. So www.vantageiras.com. So it's vantageiras.com. Um, and right there, you can, there's uh, loads of information. You can contact the team there at Vantage IRA. Um, and candidly, you can set up an account uh, and get this rolling. So um, simple to do um, from a standpoint of just, I, I think that was the thing for me. I thought I had to do all this other stuff first. And really, I just need to go to VantageIRAs.com and uh, start an account and then do everything else from there. So Additionally, go ahead. Your four hundred one k is going to turn into a two hundred one two hundred one k. So just if you do it, do it so that we can get this cash in it before the the market fluctuates again. I think we might want to bring up as we close that we have a little challenge going here between Rich and Todd on who can get it done first. All right, let's do it. Let's have, we'll put a race out there. Here we go. Um, and I do want to uh, remind everyone earlier, I did say, hey, if this is a deep topic. There's so much more information we could probably cover and some details that you also need to, to cover that um, maybe a webinar, maybe this warrants a webinar from the podcast audience. So we do have an email address here at HomeSmart. It is called therealstate at homesmart.com. And if you send us an email within the subject line, self-directed IRA webinar, and we get enough of you that are interested in this, we will uh, um, communicate back out and JP um, will come on and he'll do a webinar with slides and maybe a little bit more of a deep dive into this topic. So I um, want to throw that out. Rich, any parting comments here? I see that look, that smile on your face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do have a couple of parting comments. And one is uh, to our listeners, if you are still with us after this long podcast, and I'm sure that you are, uh, smash that like button. We need thumbs up. Uh, Todd likes to see it. I need it for my fragile ego. Carol would like to see it. And we want to be able to share that with JP as well. Uh, so he knows uh, that you liked this podcast and that we're hitting the mark with the topics. Uh, and specifically this one. And as always, we welcome your comments, pro and con. Uh, so whatever's on your mind, let us know. And thanks for listening. So Carol Perry, thank you so much. Uh, 
you are an icon in our industry and I appreciate you. I don't tell you that often enough. Thank you for everything. Thank you for everything you do for us. JP, same with you. Thank you for what you're doing. I commend you for that entrepreneurial leap of faith you took a while ago. And uh, thank you for, for providing this service to our agents, to our industry, and to the agents. 34 trillion of it, 34.23 trillion is available for yeah. you. Yeah, right there um, for you to tap into. And Rich, thanks for doing this with us again here on the Real Estate Podcast. Thank you all for joining. We'll see you back on future episodes. As Rich said, contact us, give us some feedback, let us know how we're doing, but also share the podcast out with your friends if you like it um, and tell them where to go find it. We'll see you back on future episodes. Thanks for joining us today and we'll see you back soon. Take care. Like what you're hearing on The Real Estate? Tell your friends about us. Tell them to check out all of our episodes on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. And don't forget to send any topics you want us to tackle to the real estate at homesmart.com.